turkey for me. Turkey for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night long. 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Turkey lurky do and turkey lurky dap. I eat that turkey, then I take a nap. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Nabari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. This will be hopefully a little shorter than usual. We're just doing a quick Thanksgiving uh, preview extravaganza cornucopia, whatever yeah. word you want to use. So looking at these uh, three games for Thanksgiving, and then later in the week we're going to release our usual thing for all the games on Sunday. No buys this week, so that'll be hopefully good for you for fantasy. And uh, got a lot of teams to cover. So Walk, how are you, and where do you want to go first for Turkey Day? I'm doing great. I like that you went cornucopia because I think even the fancy 40 abuses the word extravaganza a, a bit much because <laughs> it's, it's not. These are three shitty games that are going to be happening. Oh, so we'll go, we're, we're going to go cornucopia. We're just stuffing them in there. That's, that's what we're doing. Just stuffing everything in this cornucopia and seeing what comes out. But yeah, doing a little turkey day, three games, you know, as we have every year. So we're going to focus on those three and then you know, we'll do a Friday release of our uh, of the remaining teams. As you indicated, there are no buys this week in, in the NFL, which is nice. Um, so we have the full 32 going. So everyone's at their the peak of their powers. And what better time than Thanksgiving, you know, to discuss these games and then end with a little segment that we like to call things you're thankful for, which if you've listened to us in the past, that's probably the best thing we do all year. So we'll uh, <laughs> get into that on the tail end, but you know, we're, we'll run right down the slate, right? So the 1230 game, the Detroit Lions are hosting the Buffalo Bills for a second straight week in Detroit. As it turns out, they just were playing the Detroit Lions there last week. So <clears throat> the Bills are becoming very familiar with Ford Field and uh, they are a nine and a half point favorite on that slate. So I will dive into the lines first, and then I'll let you get into the nine and a half point favorite Buffalo bills and the lions. We were discussing before we went live, how Jamal Williams is just a touchdown machine. Uh, he actually leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns, or at least did as of the one o'clock games. I don't think that has changed. I'm not fact checking it, but I believe he has 12 <laughs> rushing touchdowns already on the year, scored three of them on Sunday. Um, and, what that backfield is turning into is is just getting muddier and muddier. Snap shares for, for week 11. Jamal Williams, 48% of snaps. Justin Jackson, 37% of snaps. DeAndre Swift, 31% of snaps. Yes, you heard that right. DeAndre Swift is now the third running back in the <laughs> rotation at present. What did that look like from a rushing perspective? Jamal Williams saw 17 carries. This is a game they controlled largely throughout. 17 carries, 64 yards, not a good yards per carry average, but three touchdowns. He gets all the goal line work in this offense, which is what helps buoy that big rushing touchdown production. Then Justin Jackson, nine carries for 66 yards. Looked really good in, with his touches as well. And then last and certainly least, DeAndre Swift, five carries, 20 yards, but luckily got you a touchdown late in the game. Just 
not what you want to see from the guy a lot of us thought was going to threaten high-end RB1 production this year. And he's just proven he can't be stay healthy enough to ever get the workload that he's going to need. Jamal Williams might be in Detroit for as long as DeAndre Swift is. And if he is, it's just going to it's going to cap his upside tremendously. As far as uh, the pass catchers are concerned, there's only one of consequence. I mean, they did open the practice window for Jamison Williams, so he could be returning. I don't think he's going to play on Thanksgiving, but he'll be back sooner rather than later, which is dire necessity in this offense. It's strive, you know, start for pass catchers. But Amon Ross St. Brown, who continues to produce in a PPR world, did you know, John, that Amon Ross St. Brown has not visited the end zone since week two of this season? I, I knew it was a while. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you see, he's, he's getting the targets. He's getting the catches. He's, you know, decent yardage. He's just not seeing the end zone. I mean, it's like a, do, do you think a rich he's man, Jacoby high? Myers. <laughs> do you, do you think he's a sell high now? Because Williams is coming back. Chark is back from injured reserve. The, uh, the see, I mean, they're going to address tight end in the draft or in free agency, giving him another weapon there since they got rid of Hawkinson. You know, we, we talked about it going back to last year and this year when guys got hurt, he, he explodes when there's nobody else there. But pretty soon there's going to be other players there and good players there. Uh, I, I'm at a, a precarious point because you and I were both very, very on the record with not liking Monrose Brown and believing this was a, a fallacy early on. And it's kind of, I want to say we, our, our, our hypothesis has kind of been correct. Because the same situations that presented himself last year presented himself this year for him. I do think he could be benefited from better pass catchers around him because, like, and Jamison Williams doesn't do what Amon Ross St. Brown does. But in an offense that doesn't want to throw it a lot, he's he it's he's unlikely to see like those double digit target games week in and week out. So, if I could get wide receiver one value for Amon Ross St. Brown, yes, I'm selling him. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah. So there's the Lions. Not a lot to talk about, about as straightforward as they come. Vanilla milk toast offense, run the ball and throw it to one person. So what uh, about the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, so uh, Diggs, speaking of guys not getting in the end zone for a while, that was kind of the case with Diggs. He cried a little bit to the coach and finally saw the end zone again. Um, but at, at wide receiver, small bump down for Aya McKenzie and snaps this week. Small bump up for Khalil Shakir. Be curious to see what happens on, on this uh, Thanksgiving game and what happens after that going forward, if that's a trend or it was kind of a one-game blip. So just something to kind of keep your eye on. Uh, again, he's not going to be ne- – neither one of them is replacing Gabe Davis or Diggs in the current roles, but might be worth noting if there's a little injury or something heading into the fantasy playoffs. But just just something to keep an eye on, something to watch on Thursday. And then out of the backfield, it's all Singletary. I mean, they traded for Naheem Hines, barely used him. Um, Cook was was the, the RB2 in this game and, and has seemed to grab that role now that Moss is out of town and, and Hines isn't making any kind of impact. So Singletary all game, every game. But that's about it. Uh, kind of looking at some player props I looked at for this game. Stefan Diggs catch a touchdown minus 125. So he is a favorite to get a touchdown in this game after not scoring for a few weeks here. So he's minus 125, meaning you got to bet 125 bucks, $125 to win a hundred. Which side do you want in that bet? I mean, 
What's the uh, Savant Diggs has scored two touchdowns? Bet because <laughs> uh, so probably the, the spice here. Yeah, he's he's definitely scoring on Thanksgiving. There's <laughs> no two ways around it. You know, bitching and moaning. You know, whatever he, he wanted to do to get in that end zone. But the, I mean, the irony is, <clears throat> it's clear they were impacted by this travel schedule and everything that came with it. Because even Josh Allen wasn't his normal Josh Allen self. He only threw it 27 times, didn't even throw for 200 yards, only had one touchdown. Don't believe he even ran it uh, a lot in the game. I think they were just like, let's just get this W and, and get out of here you know, and, and get ready for the, the next short week's game um, uh, against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen had three carries for seven yards, by far his worst fantasy performance of the year. So when Josh Allen doesn't throw for 200 yards, what what are the pass catchers supposed to do? You know, I mean, the fact that Diggs caught four or five for 48 and a touchdown, Diggs owners should be damn happy about that. The fact that Gabe Davis caught five or seven for 68, you'll take that. Dawson Knox paced them seven for 70. You know, that concentrated for not throwing for 200 yards for three guys to put up double-digit PPR points. I think we could be complaining about that. But, yeah, uh, I think bigger days could be ahead, and this Detroit Lions defense is damn beatable. So on the big stage, first day, first game of Thanksgiving, they're now familiar with Ford Field. I mean, I could see two touchdowns to uh, Diggs, a nice bomb to uh, my boy Gabe Davis, and then a healthy dose of Josh Allen just running it down the line's throat. If you want to feel happy about trash in a city, dude, <laughs> Buffalo had a short week and could have just stayed there. And they were like, we'll go back to the six feet of snow. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, we'll <laughs> like, nah, we're not staying in Detroit for three more days. Yeah, exactly. Why, why deal with this? Go. You know, lack of travel and comfort. You know, we'll head back. <laughs> Before we get to the next game, real quick, Under one more. <laughs> one more player prop for you: Jamal Williams touchdown plus one thirty-five. So bet a hundred, you get one thirty-five. Seems like a pretty straightforward Stephon Diggs Jamal Williams touchdown ticket for me because. Those are the two most likely to score from each of their teams. I can see the game getting away from Jamal Williams real quick, but if they get into a goal-to-go situation, it's clear what they're doing, and it's just handing it off to Jamal Williams and hoping he does the gyration dance in the end zone. I mean, there's, there's no real complexity when they get down there. It's We're, we're just going to maul you, and they have the offensive line to do it. So, <clears throat> And the Bills largely have been getting run on, if I recall correctly. Now, I don't think that really happened. They did bottle up Nick Chubb out of absolutely nowhere. Oh, but boy, just, did they. Yeah, I mean, craziness. But I feel like we probably didn't. I mean, yeah, Dalvin Cook got him for a big one, 119 and a touchdown. He did have an 81-yard touchdown on them. Then the Jets game prior to that, what did the Jets do to him? I feel like they've been a little susceptible to the run. The Jets put 174 yards on him, 5.1 yards per carry. So the two weeks before shutting down Chubb, the Bills actually a little bit of a sieve against the run. and. You know, Kareem Hunt still did his thing, 6.4 per carry. Even Brissett averaged 4.1. Just was a bad day for Chubb. I mean, that 14 for 19 is crazy. Even crazier that he had a oh, bunch I'll, of receptions. I'll get into that <laughs> but, more when we talk about yeah. uh, Cleveland on the next one. But yeah, yeah. it's even we're, worse we're, than it looked. Yeah, I mean, just yucky. But yeah, that game should be a bloodbath. Um, I, I don't see Detroit staying anywhere near close or competitive as far as that's concerned. So why don't we move into the next game that'll – probably is ultimately setting up to be a bloodbath as well. And it's the NFC's division game with the New York Giants heading to Jerry World to face off against the Dallas Cowboys, who are also a nine-point favorite on the week. Now, this was such a spot for the Cowboys to just lay an egg, isn't it? 
after you know a, a big blowout win against the Vikings. Now they're on Thanksgiving, you know, with the hard luck giants, the tryhards that uh, just come in there and surprise the shit out of the Giants. I, I'm here for it, but ultimately I want both these teams to lose. So if you can let me know how that happens, I'd be greatly appreciated. Get a tie. But, <laughs> you want a tie? Yeah, yes, fuck it. I'll you know it. I want the tie every game. Yeah. Yeah, week in and week out, right? So talking about the Giants, Wondell Robinson, unfortunately, torn ACL. He's done for the year, and he was having a day. 13 targets, nine catches, 100 yards. He was starting to really pop as kind of that go-to guy in their offense. Without him, it's Darius Slayton or bust, right? Because we're still not going to talk about Kenny Galladay, but this would be the week Kenny Galladay would score a touchdown. Um, But Darius Slayton, 10 targets, five catches, 86 yards. He's been pretty much much a revelation now. Startable wide receiver three, you know, flex type play almost week in and week out with big play upside. They're going to need it in this game. Saquon Barkley got bottled up. 15 rushes, 22 yards, no touchdowns. Seems very Nick Chubb-esque. Two catches for 13 yards. We got a rushing touchdown by Daniel Jones. We got a rushing touchdown by Matt Breda. Either one of those could have put a little bit of a, you know, cherry on this shit, (laughs) this shit Sunday. But no, nothing for Saquon uh, on Sunday, but he's still playing all of the snaps in meaningful time. That blowout also led to Daniel Jones' biggest passing performance of the year, 341 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. This is his first game over 217 passing yards on this season. He also gave you seven for 50 and a touchdown on the ground. So if you want garbage time, Daniel Jones will give it to you. And I think that could happen in this game should it get out of hand pretty quickly because you know Brian Dable's not going to, tap out early in this game. He'll he'll have Daniel Jones thrown and running for his life. I don't know who he's throwing to, but you know, he's going to be doing it. Here, here's so. the, the Daniel Jones player props since you're ranting and raving about old Danny Dimes. Uh, rushing yards in the game, under 40 and a half is minus 115. And his pass yards over 194 and a half is minus 110. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't feel at all comfortable about his passing yards just because Again, who's he going to throw it to? But he's got 437 rushing yards on the season. So if my my math, you know, serves me correctly, ten yeah. games, you know, <laughs> he's he's getting you there on average. I know. I think he had one big week where he had 100, but I think he's going to need to run in this one. I mean, it's yeah, it's I agree. Running for his life after watching what that Dallas pass rush did to the Vikings <clears throat> last weekend. So. Who knows? Um, it's pretty much Saquon or bust, but I think you could do worse than than Daniel Jones. Um, Barkley's Barkley's line is seventy five and a half rushing. Yeah, I mean they're going to have to commit to the run. Got to be over, right? Way over. You, you would think so. And then you saw him run for twenty two yards you know, <laughs> this past week. So I mean, I don't think I don't think anything's Oops. a given anymore. And this was against the Lions, who people were just like brutalizing running on the ground, yeah. and you know. Barkley couldn't get out of the backfield. So I think the injuries have finally just overwhelmed this team that was, you know, punching above their weight class for far too long. They're seven and three. I honest to God could see them finishing seven and ten. I think six of those wins were one score. <clears throat> oh yeah. I mean, it might have been one point. They they were in yeah. like the, the right side of <laughs> of the law for far too often. You know, it balance is, is coming in the NFL. So I don't see there anything better than a 500 team, you know, eight and nine, nine and eight. Maybe they get a couple more wins for the end of the year, but I don't even think they sniff 10 wins and they're at seven right now. So 
And if I don't think they're doing it, then it must mean the Cowboys are doing it, right? And heavy favorites at home. Pollard saw 54% of the snaps. Zeke played 29% of the snaps. And Malik Davis played 18%. That was in mop-up duty as they were playing all their backups uh, in in the fourth quarter. Pollard led the team in targets, six, reception, six, receiving yards, 109, and touchdowns, two. Yes, that was what Tony Pollard did as a receiver. Six for 109 and two touchdowns. Meanwhile, we all watched Zeke trudge his way forward for two one-yard touchdowns. So he still got there uh, at the end of the day, but it wasn't pretty. He looked That knee brace looked as bulky as he did carrying the ball, and maybe he gets better, but I don't see how punishment will end up making injuries like that better in the long run. So... It's still Pollard season. You know he's going to win people championships. You're seeing them being involved in the passing game that the way he is. It's you, you like to see it. And then C.D. Lamb season low, 65% of snaps, but it was a blowout. This game was over by halftime, so they just didn't need him. You know, so this is one of those games where Pollard was the one eaten as a pass catcher on two untouched deep balls, you know, where they just took advantage, you know, of, of mismatches. But you know, you, you're going to be continue to fire up C.D. Lamb. This is a prime spot on Thanksgiving Day for him to bounce back with 100 and a touchdown. I, know I could easily say it as player props probably in the 80s, I would assume, for yardage, and he's probably one of the favorites to score a touchdown. I got to think it's probably Pollard and Zeke and then Lamb uh, as far as odds are concerned, and I think there's a better than 50% chance that CeeDee Lamb sees the end zone on Thursday. His CeeDee Lamb's odds are touchdown plus 110, so – Almost even money. Yeah, that's that's, well. It should be. (laughs) Yeah, and Zeke is plus one thirty, so a little, little bit of a dog to get in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't want to put money on Zeke to score. I mean, it was very situational. Um, They literally was one yard out twice when he scored. You know, he got the two one yard touchdowns. He's not breaking anything. He's going to require another one of those kind of goal to go situations where he just pushes the pile and gets in, which is possible. Um, I just, I wouldn't want to bet on it. He's not creating a touchdown on his own, like a Tony Pollard or a CD Lamar. He's, 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 he's being given the ball right in front of said end zone. If he's going to score. I just see Jerry Jones <laughs> running down from the owner's box. <laughs> Burning a timeout. Get that, get that boy in there. Yeah. Burning a timeout to prove himself right. McCarthy's just hand under the helm, hand under the hat, rubbing his forehead. Yeah, yeah. Just how many years? What's my contract? Right, let's go see Zeke in there. Yeah. So that's the fours. And then we get into the primetime game, which has the lowest total, but is also the closest spread with the Minnesota Vikings fresh off a Cowboys shellacking a two and a half point home favorite against the Patriots with a total of 42 and a half points. So that's we're we're ending on a thud. I think this might be the worst of the three games. Yeah, I don't think it's even close. The thing is, New England just fucking makes everything muddy whenever they can for 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 real football and for fantasy. But um, looking at last week, it's all Ramondre Stevenson here. 80-20 split with Harris this week. And I, I mentioned this in previous weeks, you know, for years we went, oh, this, this Patriots backfield is hard to know what's going to happen week to week. And, and it's just totally flipped this year where it's all all running back. L- listen to these <laughs> snap percentage and targets for their receiving core. Parker, 40%, two targets. Al Gore, 59%, three targets. Bourne, 
27%, two targets. Hunter Henry, 84%, one target. Janu Smith, 54%, four targets. I mean, Myers gets the little bump in value in, in PPR. I think he's like currently wide receiver 32. So even, even with that, he's a, a flex wide receiver three type guy. You, you can play him every week, but boy, everybody else, it's going to be week to week and just doing the Patriots thing where it's match up. And then if you're playing the Patriots, it's hard to trust your best player just because they have a history of focusing on that one guy. They're going to shut down and not let him beat them. It's just for real football. If you're a Patriots fan, it's had to be quite exciting. Uh, two decades, two decades for it. Even now that they suck, they're never really out of it. But yeah, it does not make for uh, good football <clears throat> viewing or fantasy success. Yeah, now, now take take that half and add it to this half where Kirk Cousins sucks on prime <laughs> time. You know, and this <laughs> oh, is exactly I forgot. what we're being blessed with on the Sunday night game. I wrote burn the tapes. You know, and that was a nightmare. What happened to them against Cowboys, they, their offensive line, they lost Darisol and it was game over. Those Dallas Cowboys defensive players were licking their chops and picking who wanted to get the next sack on Kirk Cousins. It was literally just a rotation off of the right end for how quickly can we get to Kirk Cousins. And, there, and I saw him. <clears throat> Someone had tweeted out some weird stat. I wish I had saved it, but something nuts like un- he was under pressure on like sixty three percent of dropbacks, and I think I think the other the season high before this game, somebody was at like thirty two. So it was like double the worst game anyone's had all year as far as pressure. There was no fear from this Cowboys defense. They literally were sending people at, from every angle. Over and over and over again. And it seemed like the Vikings just were incapable of adjusting. Like, you know, do we go two tight ends and try to do something here? Do you know, could you know, don't, don't you carry a fullback? Where's that guy at? Shouldn't he be standing directly in front of Kirk Cousins on a few of these snaps? I mean, it was untouched player after player after player. That dude was just take, he took a beating in that game. Um, and surprised they left him in as long as they did. But, yeah, I had pressured on two-thirds of his dropbacks. That makes sense, having watched the game. But what had happened in that game uh, while the starters were in is TJ Hawkinson still saw nine targets. It was 32% target share for the team. Granted, it was a lot of, like, oh, shit, two-step drop. I'm about to get hit. So <laughs> Hawkinson's the closest guy to me. So I'm going to throw it to him, which also explains why Justin Jefferson didn't do anything in the game. I doubt he goes two weeks without doing anything, but you mentioned the Patriots and scheming away the best player. Well, that is clearly Justin Jefferson in that offense. And they have the defense, the D backs to do it. This sure. guy's not really heralded, but just a quality unit all around where, you know, Belichick's going to be focusing on minimizing <clears throat> Justin Jefferson, but Dalvin cook the last two games total 25 carries for 191 yards. That's 7.64 yards per carry. Yes, largely buoyed on the 81-yard touchdown run, but still 24 carries for 111 yards outside of that. He has that touchdown. Only six targets, three for 27 receiving. He's been doing tremendous with his limited touches on the ground, but hasn't seen a lot of production as a pass catcher. Five of his six targets actually came in this game, which again, much explained by the TJ Hawkinson target share, was a product of necessity, where it was literally just... 
Kirk Cousins was throwing it to the closest possible human being in a Vikings jersey, so he just didn't take another sack. So it was ugly all around. I don't think there was anything to gain from from this game that saw Nick Mullins play meaningful snaps. So be interested to see how they bounce back against a tough Patriots defense on a short week. Probably not good. I mean, if you gun to my head, I'm taking New England. Yeah, I mean, I you know, let me buy that up. Alternate spread, give me the Patriots plus three and a half. I don't, I don't see the Vikings blowing them out. If they can eke out a win, I don't know that it's more than a touchdown. I think three and a half on the Patriots side is a pretty comfortable bet to make. Won't close here, 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 here. Speaking of bets, let's say you do a seven point <laughs> teaser and take all the dogs. Get Detroit getting sixteen and a half. Giants getting 16 and New England getting nine and a half. Yeah, I think you're going too heavy on the dogs there. I'm taking the Bills down. D- Detroit could get murdered. I'll probably yes. keep the other two. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see holding those other two. A division game, as much as the Giants are, are hurt, I wouldn't think 16 points is a reality. And then, yeah, swinging the Patriots that heavy, that, that might be something I have to put a couple shekels on. Well, if, if you go the other way, yeah, you're getting Buffalo <clears throat> minus two and a half, Dallas minus two, and New England plus nine and a half. Yeah, well, I, I like you. I, I like staying on that giant side of getting the big points there. So, just you were saying, take all the dogs. I'm saying, swing the Lions and take Bill oh, just the, the Lions. So Buffalo, the Giants, yeah, and New England. Yeah, I like that. Oh. All right, and that is your terrible Turkey Day slate. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's damn it. That's what this should have been called from the start. Terrible yeah. turkey day. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good thing that this isn't predicated around good football. It's just around football you know, sure. that we'll all be watching anyway. Um, yeah, it's a uh, tis what it is. So hopefully we, we see some, some good production. Hopefully a little bit of this, you know, betting stuff uh, pans out for, for all those out there on this wonderful Thanksgiving holiday, but we'd be remiss if we didn't end this, special episode with our things that we're thankful for segment, which we have done in years past. And what I love most about this is John, you texted me this like 10 minutes ago and I was like, yeah. And I have several <laughs> things already <laughs> queued up so do I. that I am thankful for. So why don't we do a quick little back and forth, you know, um, with things that we're thankful for. This was your idea. You raised it this week. So I'm going to give you first out on things that you are thankful for this season. I'm going to start with Austin Eckler who if he continues to do this for a few more years, there's a chance he is personally my most valuable fantasy player of all time. I mean, go, going back quite a bit, both of us were uh, writing for DFF at the time, and he was, you know, kind of kind of little known guy coming out of what Western University or some shit. And I, I, I was on him pretty early, and I got him in tons of drafts, and he's one of the few guys – that where I had in a bunch of leagues and haven't traded and diversified. So currently running back one, obviously depends on your league settings and all that other stuff. But dude, this guy has carried multiple teams of mine for multiple years. I just don't know where I'd be without him. Yeah. Well said. I mean, PPR running back one right now. Averaging 23.2 points. Didn't start off the season that well. So just, I mean, just imagine what he's done in the last eight games. Because I remember his yeah. first two were like decent. So his last eight games has been like all world. You know, he's already, he's got 69 receptions on the year, 84 targets. I mean, that's just bonkers. 11 touchdowns. I mean, when we said last season's touchdown production wasn't sustainable, well, <laughs> 
we're wrong. I mean, it's totally sustainable. I mean, he is, you know, a integral part of this team. They're not as, they're not as, I don't want to say competitive. They haven't performed as well as we expected. So you're getting a lot of Austin Eckler fourth quarter too, where he just gets tons of action late in games. He is not leaving the field. He, if they're behind, he's seeing four to five catches in the fourth quarter alone. I mean, it's just, just start stat padding all you want, but fantasy points are fantasy points. So looking at him and, and what he's been able to do on kind of limited touches, only 123 carries on the year. So they're doing the right thing with him with 84 targets. He's only had just over 200 opportunities. And, you know, conversely in the same 10 games, Dark Henry's had 230 carries. I mean, so it's just putting them in different positions. It's not letting him absorb as much work and get hurt. And it's, you know, he asked for this and it's making sense. He's pushing a yeah. thousand yards from scrimmage. He has 11 touchdowns, 69 receptions on the year. I mean, yeah. What more could you ask for? Certainly someone you should be thankful for. So I'm going to start with something I'm thankful for that might catch some off guard. I'm thankful for Melvin Gordon being released this week. <laughs> I've just been <laughs> in this place for such a long time. I still contend he is not a good running back. I have always contended it. He was a product of volume during that time where he shared a backfield with the aforementioned Austin Eckler with the Los Angeles Chargers. And he has just worked his way like down depth charts ever since to where the Broncos don't even feel they need to keep him for the remainder of this season when they are running back needy. They already lost Javante Williams for the year. They just lost Chase Edmonds to a high ankle. They already had Mike Boone on IR and they still told Melvin Gordon, go have a nice Turkey day. We, we don't, we don't need your services anymore. So the end is here for Melvin Gordon. He's a fumble machine. He's just, he's oh, thankful. I'm just thankful. You know, nothing against the guy. He's made millions of dollars playing football. Kudos to him. You know, more of an athlete than I will ever be. But I've just never been there with him as the player. And I just feel like this has finally come full circle for me on this Thanksgiving Eve Eve for Melvin Gordon to uh, be unemployed. <laughs> Thankful this fellow lost his job. Uh, for me, he's, he's okay. You know, oh, I'm not God. saying I'm thankful the the fucking Dunkin' Donuts clerk got shit canned because <laughs> they didn't make my the coffee correctly. Like this guy, he's kept finding ways into money, and it kept coming from the dumb Denver Broncos that just kept handing him millions upon millions to be a suboptimal running back. Wow. Just, the, more, the more time that passes, the worse and worse the Denver uh, front office looks. But Yep. Uh, I so I was looking through like teams I had and player rankings, trying to find good you know good options here. My teams have just shit wide receivers. I'm in like twenty leagues, and I don't think I have any with two good receivers, and I don't think I have one like stud on a bunch of teams. I used to have a, a bunch of Tyree Kill, but I've traded him away here and there over the years. So I just went with someone I like watching. And George fucking Pickens, man. I love that guy. Did you see? I think it was a week ago. I don't think it was this past week. But did you see him level the defensive end? He put down the Saints the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he gave me all crack back from his side. So oh. a total disrespect to the Saints the end. But Pickens ain't afraid. He's a sure. psychopath. I love yeah. him. I also he, saw him I'm dropping easy touchdown on oh, yeah. Sunday where he yeah, hit him yeah, square yeah. in the hands. So, oh, and yeah. he had another one where he fell. Yeah. Oh, the good comes with the bad, but yes, love the player. 
yes. certainly thankful that they cleared the deck with trading Chase Claypool so that we can get all the George Pickens. Yeah, it just and, and you know even he hasn't done anything crazy in a while, but to, to a lesser extent, just kind of that you know Fournette waving on the safeties when he's running. I just like these old school lunatics that like contact and you know don't care if they get hurt or just crazy people. So give me some. Thanks, George Pickens, for making this year fun to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. Yeah, just in your two for two on positivity. So um very surprised thus far. But we'll, do, we'll stay on the wide receiver vein. I just want to thank the Scott Fishbowl for making the mistake of letting me in the big dance. You know, now, now that I'm here, I might as well just win the whole fucking thing is, is my mentality. And it's only because I say this because my wide receivers are, are dog shit. Oof. Um, Chase Claypool is one of my wide receivers. DJ Moore, I blame Baker Mayfield, is one of my wide receivers. Elijah Moore, I blame the entire Jets organization, is one of my wide receivers. Kadarius Tony, could have happened. Then he got hurt again. That ain't going to happen. You know, Josh Palmer, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, KJ Osborne, maybe, maybe not. Uh, T. Higgins, you're the only constant in my life right now in, in the fishbowl. So I appreciate you. But I do want to Scott thank the Scott Fishbowl because I have been in this for several years now, and the playoffs have avoided me. Um, I can give you all the excuses in the world, but it's just the facts. I have never made it. Finally in a dance. Excited to see how far we can go, John, as you were in there as well. Yeah. And, and we're, you know, talking about <laughs> just the way you can set up your rosters. And uh, yeah, l- luckily you don't need a bunch of good wide receivers because you could start four kickers every week. The shit thing is, though, you have to start three wide receivers. That's the only bugaboo. Like, I wish they, he would have modified that a little bit. But, like, the mandatory three wide receivers. Switch set, it. Like, Must start three kickers. If, yeah, listen, there, there's more more continuity there than what I'm getting out of my <laughs> wide receiver room right now. So, yes, thank you to Scott Fishbowl. Where am I going to go next here? I'm going to go with, I am thankful for quarterback variants. Uh, this year, it's just been kind of nuts. The guys that we thought were good weren't guys that we didn't, we thought were going to suck for sure, are actually good. Just looking through the top 12 here, Mahomes is one, Allen is two. Everybody kind of had that going into the year. Hertz ended up three, which a lot of people had high expectations for him, but had never done it before, wasn't locked in. Justin Fields at four, Lamar Jackson five, Burrow at six, who people both liked. Then it gets starts getting real crazy. Geno Smith, number seven. Marcus Mariota, QB eight. Daniel Jones, QB nine. Kyler Murray at 10. Herbert at 11, which people thought they'd be there. Trevor Lawrence has snuck into the QB one conversation. He's QB 12. And, you know, as someone who watches most of the football on, on, on Red Zone every Sunday, I don't think I've seen Jacksonville score since they traded James Robinson. So, where he came from to sneak into the top 12, I have no clue. And then just want to talk about fringe guys. Jacoby Brissett is currently QB 14. So a lot of teams that came into the year with real questions at quarterback, especially even in Superflex, that were like, well, this year's a loss. I mean, if you had Brissett and Lawrence or Geno Smith and Marcus Mariota, you probably thought your year was over before it started. And because of them, you're probably a, a playoff team with a roster that you thought sucked. Four months ago. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I look at the points per game. Mario is 23rd in points per game, although he's a QB1. He just played 11 games so far this year because his stats suck. We know that week in, week out with Atlanta. Does have his 372 rushing yards and four touchdowns, but you're right. Looking at a lot of these names, I mean, for shit, on a points per game basis over three starts, Joe Flacco's QB 10 this year. So you could yeah. even piece it together a little bit with some of these other guys. You know, Jameis Winston is uh, QB 16 in points per game. 
Jimmy Garoppolo, who probably was sitting out there for a lot of people or bench fodder, he's QB 14 on points per game so far. So been a been a truly crazy year uh, for the quarterback positions. Crazy quarterback year to crazy running back year. And I just want to say that I'm, I'm extremely thankful for Tony Pollard, which I'm not thankful for many Dallas Cowboys things, but I'm thankful for him better be, being a better fancy and real life running back than Zeke Elliott. I mean, Zeke has been dust since probably last year. I mean, I, I, on record, the year prior to get rid of him, move on. And yeah, you can still say he scores touchdown, he scores touchdown, he scores touchdown. Okay, well, you're not going to get the value that you could have a year ago for Zeke. So that time has come and passed. Tony Pollard over the last three weeks is running back two overall. The only reason he's not running back one is because Joe Mixon scored five touchdowns in one game against the <laughs> Carolina Panthers during that span. So like, Tony Pollard has been consistent. Averaging 29.4 PPR points over those three weeks. And he's done it in two games. So him and Mixon are one and two in total points with only two games played. When the people behind them, the Ecklers, the Derrick Henrys, the Josh Jacobs, the James Connors, Dalvin Cooks, Jamal Williams of the world all played three games. That just shows you how explosive Tony Pollard has been in this process. And it persists. He's still getting the lion's share of the work. He will continue. If they want this offense to continue to be explosive, you need to keep Tony Pollard on the field. You know, the genie's out of the bottle because he's absorbing those touches. He's at 37 carries over those two weeks, another 12 targets with nine catches. I mean, that is 46 opportunities. That's bell cow work over that two weeks period of time. Like, if you don't think he can do it, well, let's see if he can do it or not. Like He, can see, he shouldn't see yeah. less than 18 touches in, in any given week, and hopefully that continues on this turkey day. But I am truly thankful for our boy, Memphis Tiger pride, Tony Pollard. Oh, gonna go. I was going to go somewhere else, but you and Memphis Tigers are so well I. Antonio Gibson, mm-hmm. currently right now, Brown, RB 15-ish. But, you know, someone when they drafted Robinson and brought back McKissick, lots of people still – you know, wrote this guy off and, and now McKissick's out for the year. And he's kind of, I, I think, you know, we talked about it when, when these things have happened throughout the year, it's kind of better for him. I think he's going to be better suited in a role where he's more of the pass catching back and, and gets some carries. And the guy just has a nose for the end zone. He still has a shot of getting 10 touchdowns again, which he's done every year he's been in the league. People just seem to bash him. More importantly, Washington seems to bash him, which which sucks for him. But the guy just produces when he gets touches. And, and now the way the backfield has shaken out, I, I think it's even better for him if Robinson gets a lot of the, you know, dirty work where you could get a little banged up and, and he has performed no matter what the team has tried to take from him and throw at him. The guy's just a stud. So give me another Memphis Tiger here that I'm thankful for. Rawr. Yeah, I mean, people are trading away Antonio Gibson. I was trading for him in, in leagues. Never give up. But my thought was that hopefully he's somewhere else next year, to be honest with you. I didn't think that, you know, Ron Rivera and the commanders are going to get their heads out of their ass. But one thing that I'm absolutely certain of is that Brian Robinson is a tremendous story for what he went through and got back on the field so quickly. But he's also a terrible running back. He's he's just not good. He is just such a plotter. He's the plotter of plotters. Like, the fact he he doesn't deserve the touches he's even getting right now. I mean, I just I almost think like seen a ton of them. The 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 commanders almost just seem like they're pot committed now. Like they were just so all in on this guy. He was their starting running back. He was supposed to be when they broke camp. Like and it was the story. And now it's all the shit behind the scenes of Washington. I really think there's an intent behind continuing to put Brian Robinson out there, even though he's not productive. I mean, he's just he's just not. He's replacement level. 
as far as running backs are concerned. And Antonio Gibson is game changer. I mean, it's just nuts watching the two of them share the same backfield. But I digress. Antonio Gibson is amazing. My last is I'm thankful for Tua time, motherfuckers. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa. Over his last three weeks, he is quarterback four overall. 26.7 points per game is what I'm looking at. He's only played two games during that point, or he'd probably be up there with the, the fantasy elite. You know, and by them, I mean the Justin Fields and the Patrick Mahomes of the world who are running away with one and two during that period of time. But, you know, those, in- those concussions were scary shit. Um, it, who knew what was going to happen with two? I mean, I don't know where they would be if he didn't suffer those concussions. I mean, I think it's kind of put a little damper on their season and, and even him as a whole. But when he starts and finishes games, he is productive and he is feeding multiple wide receivers. No one can complain about two anymore. Waddle and Hill eat week in and week out. This yeah. running game is working. They're even getting Gasicki involved, probably relevant enough. I'm going to say Gasicki, probably a tight end one. Uh, on quick little work as he gets, I'm pr- probably wrong about that. 19, sorry. He hasn't gotten quite the work. But, you know, viable uh, on the season with two high-end pass catchers and that running game working. Tua, been here, just keeps stamping for Tua over and over and over again. He has earned the starting gig and a long-term deal with these Miami Dolphins as far as I am concerned. Super thankful. I've been to a stand gobbling him up everywhere I could in dynasty and reaping the benefits. Turkey to Yes, sir. I got one last one before we get out of here. I'm thankful for the first time ever, maybe for IDP leagues. <laughs> I, I am really worked on it and reading it, all the, you know, bullshit from camp and looking at snap counts and depth charts in most of my IDP leagues, I'm winning because my defensive players are really clicking. So for the first time I can ever remember, I'm really enjoying IDP and the guys that I've assembled on these teams are, are really working. So Thank you for the IDP guys out there that uh, put out tons of quality information that allow me to use it and put together some good teams. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I'm a, I'm an IDP fan. I, I still that the Seek and Destroy League that unfortunately folded. I was turning a corner. I loved yeah. my defense. I was finally rebuilding my offense. I had multiple first round picks, and unfortunately, the the lights just got shut off. They did a Lack of engagement from, from those individuals, but that's kind of where I started dipping my toes in IDP, and now I'm in several leagues. I'm I'm a fan too. It just adds a different wrinkle than this straight down the middle, you know, offense only type thing. So, right there if you with. can, if you can just be above average, you're just so much can, better than everybody else in your league. <laughs> yeah, you just mine value, you know, over and over again. Yeah, you're, 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 it's gonna it's gonna pay itself off. So long as you understand yeah. the league settings, because they're so variable in IDP. But Correct. I'm right there with you, Johnny. So that's what we're thankful for, everyone. Have a happy Thanksgiving. John, get us out of here, because we're rocking again right after this, ripping through the rest of the, what, six minus, 32 minus six, 26 teams. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy, your, enjoy your gobbler. We are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. turkey (laughs) all right i'll end this and i'll send you the other one in uh, one second all right pal and
the full breath of the darkness. It just oh, kind of gives off its own aura. <laughs> <clears throat> what yeah. is it? What are those fucking like just, just for men? Just for yeah, men, Coleman things sitting there brushing it in. Probably went a little heavy handed first time around. Yeah, you know, so this is, this is what we're dealing with. Vice on me, she's like, ah, colored your beard, huh? It's like, yeah, you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> next time you should just go fucking crazy and get the get the shoe polish fucking black <laughs> it's just... dark, dude it's darn close i'm not gonna lie I mean, <laughs> this is dark like this is even, i was like i'm putting it on like it's these like two little tubes you squeeze in it's a color and then it's this like activator <clears throat> you swirled in this little cup and then you start brushing it on it was like super light like it looked like <laughs> like barely tan so like i'm just going and i just like ah because i have like this huge white patch like right here like pure white i just kept going at it <laughs> and then i finally worked my way over to the sides and after like five minutes you gotta wash it out and so i went in the shower washed it out. i got out i was like whoa holy, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> holy moly this is dark yeah so this is this is where we are and now i have a legit dark Colored <laughs> man, dude. Yeah, it was better in the alternative. I wouldn't have guessed. I wouldn't. I didn't. I didn't notice. I thought it was just yeah. fucking fuller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and she's coming. I'm gonna. Uh, we're going. You know, November, right? You know, I, I just go complete growth. You know, until I am forced to to shave it. So we get a couple more weeks out of this thing. You know, especially with us. I'm I'm looking forward to going. Taking Full it down, silver at some point. If that's where it was, I'd be okay with it. It's the fact it's just this like one huge patch here, sure. and it's like randomly interspersed throughout. Like you make a decision, beard. You got to go one way or the other. I'm looking at mine in this stupid podcast camera, and yeah, I see, I see your little depending where the lights hitting me. Yeah, I see a salt and pepper. <laughs> I do. I do. And I'm I not ignoring you. Great. I'm scrolling through. SFB 12 to see where you and I ended up because I made the playoffs. I don't know about you. you I have no idea. I assume I made the playoffs because remember I was talking about that whole average in points thing and you're like, don't get too excited. Well, I actually outscored my average. So outstanding. I don't know. Theoretically, I'm scrolling. What did you put as your as your first? Did you put DLF or did you put Fantasy 40 as your Hold first? On. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't even. It literally like there should be an easier way to find this rather than just scrolling. Can you just <clears throat> control F? It's it's not a it's not like a document like that. It's just like in the body of the. It's like in well maybe it is. I'm on my phone, but I'm already into the four hundreds. So this is what we're doing now. I am. I'm sure that. Uh, Josh I'm five and six with one thousand six hundred seventy-six points scored. Five and six. Oh, yeah. And with how many points? Sixteen seventy-two. I'm the third. Fuck! <laughs> I'm the third highest scoring team. Oh, I'm not there. There's there he is, Mr. Matt Walker, <clears throat> number five fifty-five, baby. Oh, like it. See if I can. What's it tell me? So I I averaged one hundred and fifty three point seven seven points per game. So what's that? Is that more or less than you? On what's your total? Twenty three points. points uh, it doesn't show you. 
Times 11. So I had 1691.47. What'd you say your number was? 1672. All right. So I'm better than you first, most importantly. Always. But uh, so you should be somewhere around here. I had the most points scored against me. Uh, dude, I'm in like three different like home, like not SPF leagues where I'm just literally taking beatings every single week from the best team. Like, like no matter what I do, like <laughs> I just look up and like, oh yeah, of course I faced Jamal Williams this week in two of those three leagues. Like that, that of course happened. You have mentioned this repeatedly through the year. Yeah, you've had uh, every every week. You're like. You know, taking taking oh, everyone's I, best shot. I face this guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even have to look anymore. It's like you know, when the big week happens, like, I'm not looking mm-hmm. to see if I faced him. I'm like, I know I did. Locked in. <laughs> yeah, like of course, you know, Travis Kelsey three touchdown game. Yeah, I played against that. <clears throat> well, where is Johnny Football at here? Is it how is it ranked by points scored per week? By average, yeah. <clears throat> Taking that. Divide oh. your number by 11. Tell me what your number 16, is. 1672.88 divided by 152.08. Uh, you know, it's funny. I literally just got to you as you said that. You are 679. You are DLF slash the Fantasy 40 Podcast, John DeBarty. We Six. both made the dance, buddy. 679 out of how many? Uh, 1,500 that made it in. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I, I was hoping I was like seven out of seven hundred. Now it's the top thirteen fifty advance, and you use your average plus your weekly. I think is how it works. So we're both in a good place to advance because we're the upper half of. And and this is a good right? week because there's no buys. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So the, so the highest average this was one eighty three point nine eight is the number one overall ranked team. It's pretty That's fucking solid. Average one hundred and eighty-four. Yeah, I went. See what I got here. <clears throat> Listen, it's taken all year, but my lineup is like close. It's so close to actually being one. I would be like, yeah. <laughs> Guess who I got? I didn't even. I, I knew I had him in leagues, but I didn't know I had him here. Uh, Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams. Oh, you, you know who I have right there? Jamal Swift. Williams. Jamal Williams, <laughs> Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> I've had him all year. I didn't play him last week. I sat him in favor of Dante Foreman, which we'll get into it. He should have 30 carries. It was a, it was a three-point game literally until the fourth quarter. Like I don't know what's going on in Carolina. but Yep, I sat him. Sat, I still got the win. I, not only did I score above my average, I actually pulled out a win too. Ten... Putting Tyler Bass in there anytime I could get the Buffalo. Oh, I got Young Hoku. Yeah, blame me. Huh? I'm with you. All right. So Do I start uh, here. A lineup question right now. Do I play Cade Otten, uh, Allen Robinson, or Devin Duvernay? Cade Otten. <clears throat> really? Easy. Yeah. He's against gonna... Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland's actually number five against tight ends this year. They're not their usual sieve. Jacksonville secondary sucks. Duvernay's coming off a shit game. I'm, I'm going to go Duvernay, I think. It's never Allen Robinson, but I did play him last week because I had to with Stafford. Oh, and hey, the got the job done. I'm sitting Russell Wilson for 
or Tua and Daniel Jones. Russell Wilson. Oh, see the light of day. Correct. Yeah, he's done. <clears throat> First one I drafted will not play, barring an injury to one of those other two. <clears throat> so I ended up six and five. So I just I, I got above five hundred. With my win and secured a playoff. My, I'm pretty sure the first time I've ever made the playoffs in Scott Fishbowl. It's been a couple of years for me. I think the first year. I I'm really always play. like this. I'm always like six and five, five and six, like average. I guess my points just don't ever get there. I've, I've been racked with injuries. I had CMC the year, the first year he went down. Because I think I got the one. Didn't we both have one and one one year? We both took CMC. Didn't we have, isn't that a thing? We were uh, we've been close right around the same. I feel like we know. both had one oh one one year. And I think it was a CMC year. <clears throat> I had Saquon the year he went down. <laughs> Blessed with uh with injury. And honestly, having CMC in this league has not helped me because now he's a timeshare back. <clears throat> in what did we say our average points were? 150 something ish, 160 ish. Yeah, 152. Top, top team is 183. Yep. Yeah, as I was saying, that's pretty pretty stout. Average 30 points more than what we're putting up. I'm, my my receivers have been the bane of my existence. I probably would be a good team if literally two guys had hit. T. Oh. Higgins has been good, but then DJ Moore's killed me. Elijah oh. Moore's killed me. If you, know, you knew, <clears throat> I have I have something about that coming up later. You, you unintentionally have <laughs> – Bookended all this. Yeah, I'm sure. But this the names. Like I like like I figured I'd be able to put something together. Chase Claypool, Nico Collins, T. Higgins, DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, KJ Osborne, Josh Palmer, Kadarius Tony. Like surprise. <laughs> they all fooked me. Indeed. Every single one. Yeah. Who would have thought Young Hoku would be my most consistent performer? 